0: Would you guys grab your Bibles go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And I'm going to start with you, um, first I'm just kind of introducing what's going on here in the story of Jesus. Uh, From verse 20 of chapter 11 all the way to verse um, 24, we have Jesus actually beginning to talk to, can you imagine, the, the nation of Israel and saying, like I've done miracles among you. You guys are not recognizing that because of this, I'm actually going to hold you accountable for that. And a lot of people, when they look at this, they're like, well, why, why is this such a big deal? If Jesus does a miracle, why is he going to hold a group that he did the miracle in judgment, on the day of judgment? It's kind of fascinating. And what he begins to do, which I've looked at this for years, what I end up doing with Jesus, don't you guys do this? Sometimes We just kind of go through the story really quick and we go well what's the point or what's the message or something like that but what we have here going on in Matthew chapter 11 is we have Jesus doing miracles then he comes and he says well the reason why you actually can't perceive what miracles are for or why I'm doing it is and then he goes into this conversation where he says he turns to the father and he says this in verse 25 I believe I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and have revealed them to little children. This is your will. All things have been handed to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son has chosen to reveal him. Now, He just got done explaining why they couldn't perceive the miracles. Unless there is, this is what's called a foundation of the kingdom, unless God reveals himself to us, we can't understand what he's doing most of the time. Now with that, it's almost interesting, and this is the part of the passage we're going to go into, then he begins a conversation with humanity, and he says, all right, so I'm going to deal with why you can't hear me, why you can't perceive what I'm doing, And I'm going to relate to you what comes from that. And so this is where we're at in the passage now. Verse 28. Tell me if this sounds familiar. This is the most quoted scripture, I believe. Come unto me, all that are uh, weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So think about the the conversation before I go into this passage specifically. He's just done miracles. They cannot perceive it. He's saying the reason you can't perceive a miracle being done in the midst of you, unless I reveal my intentions or who I am to you, you won't be able to perceive anything that's going on in the kingdom. And now he's going to go after why people can't hear God or why they can't receive revelation. And instead of talking about the problem, he actually introduces the solution. He says, here's the issue. I want you to come to me. So let's go ahead and develop it now. Come to me. Now, uh, Paul kind of sent me a text and said, what are you going to cover? And I, when you look at this, there's so much. I just said the yoke of Jesus. A lot of people, what, what does that mean? So let's just dive into this. Okay? We're going to do, this is, every word in this is so powerful, it just has to be developed for us. First when Jesus says, come unto me. The Greek tense of this word come is fascinating because it sounds like an invitation, but it's actually uh, the way the tense is in the greek it's actually a statement that a judge makes and it's it's what's called a declaration that settles every argument so when he says come unto me he's not just saying come unto me as a a, an option so you can go to wine or alcohol or to drugs and if those don't work then come to me that's not the the conversation that he's starting here it's actually what we call an eternal declaration about a topic that there is no other solution, this is the only one. If you want to get set free from not being able to hear from God or get past religion or stress in your life, there is no other solution, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Not seven steps or anything else, it's Jesus. And so when he says, come unto me, it's actually a a, a declaration. It actually means... A decision has been made for an eternal reality. Are you guys ready? Jesus is basically saying right here in human history, there is going to be no other solution for you. When you're weary or heavy-laden or stressed out, there is no other place you can go to get rest. There is no other place. This is only rest is only reserved in relationship with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And we're just starting in the word come. Can you imagine? Come unto me, all that are weary. So let's just kind of work through this. The word weary here in the Greek, it's kind of interesting. This, the Greek words very specifically, weariness, has nothing to do with anything that's going on in your soul. It actually has to do with your physical body. So Jesus is actually saying, like, you have two forms of weariness or two forms of stress in your life. They affect you. They affect the physical body. They affect the soul of you. He's telling you right here, if you have physical weariness, he's telling you guys ready? caffeine will not give you strength (laughs) or drugs. I know you guys, well, that's not true. It's actually true. Jesus is actually saying if you, because you have been given eternal life, I guess I need to stop and kind of explain something. When it uses the term eternal life, the way the Bible describes it is, everyone that does not know Jesus, they're living in what's called um, fleshly life, which means that you just don't have strength. You're not drawing from the source of life. The word eternal life, it actually means to live in a higher plane of existence. That's what eternal life is, the Greek word zoe. So once you come to Jesus, you're entering into a different quality of life. So now he's basically saying you have to understand this quality of life and how it works. So when you come to me, instead of you needing to mainline on soda pop or coffee to get strength i actually because of this quality of life i'll take the same power that i used to raise jesus from the dead and i will release it into your mortal body and i actually will sustain physical strength if you come to me now remember the starting of the statement he's made a statement that is eternal you will not be able to get this from any other source i am going to be the source of this for humanity it cannot be found anywhere else so you guys I want to save you a bunch of money. (laughs) Don't think you're going to get physical strength from some other arena when Jesus has made an announcement that I'm the only one that can give you this. He's the only one that can give you strength. And Paul, you know, throughout the Gospels and the epistles, the people that hung out with Jesus all describe this phenomenon that hanging out with Jesus and being with him, he sustains them beyond their natural ability to do anything. Paul said, I did the work of an apostle, but it actually wasn't me. It was the Lord Jesus Christ empowering me. And so you have people pointing to this quality of life. Look, hanging out with Jesus, it's not just he saves you. He's given you a quality of life that you need to understand. And there really are these benefits that come from knowing him that you cannot get from any source on this planet. Well, this is one of them, physical strength. And then he goes into heavy laden. Now, what's interesting about the word heavy laden is it means to be weighed down with something. But it's really interesting. This is a term that's used for spiritual weighing down. So what do we mean by that? When you have, you guys ever have a burden about something? You ever have a struggle in life? That's weighing you down. Now, this will make sense as we go through the passage. But there are two ways that you're weighed down in your soul. One is just living in a fallen world, and then when people take the law and they put it on you. Now, you guys understand, Jesus is standing up in front of everybody and he's saying, the law is not going to give you stress-free life. I'm the only one that can do this. Me taking the law and putting it on you, do you guys realize the purpose of the law is intentionally to weigh you down so you'll find a Savior? So coming back to it after you meet him is not going to help you. Oh, thanks, Bob. All right, so the weighing down of it. So are you guys ready? And it doesn't just mean the law. It means all the ceremony that's connected with the law It has a process of weighing you down. How many of you are just worn out? I don't pray enough. I don't fast enough. I don't read the Bible enough. I don't give enough. I don't witness enough. Do you feel that weight? That's all of that connected to that. And Jesus says all of that has a weight on you that I don't want you to carry because you weren't created to carry it. You and I are not created to carry spiritual realities to try to please the Lord. And most people are trying to do that, and their soul is so weighted down with shame and condemnation, they can't even see Jesus. Are you guys like that with me? What can I do to get Jesus to be there for me? Well, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to relate to me at that level anymore. I want you to come to me. And I'm not going to let you use the law or your performance to stand in front of me. I want you to come to me so that I can give you this thing that your soul actually longs for. And I'm going to be the only person in human history that's able to do this. Let's keep going on. Come to me weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Now, the the word, interesting enough, is I will give you rest. There's two parts about this really interesting. What he's actually saying is I'm going to give you myself. And myself, I'm rest. But it doesn't mean peace. When I was looking at the Greek word, he gives you peace? No, it's actually a, a specific word in the Greek New Testament. And it doesn't mean just rest. It means to be refreshed. So it isn't just enough that I have anxiety or weariness left it off me. God doesn't just leave you in that state. He actually comes and does a work where he actually lifts you up beyond it. To where you're sustained in what's called a refreshed or a renewed lifestyle. And so this points to a quality of life that I want you and I to think about here. If you're not being refreshed as a person that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, you've entered into some relationship with Jesus that Jesus doesn't want you to be in with him because the quality of a believer is they're constantly being renewed and refreshed. And it points to the fact that you're carrying something that he doesn't want you to carry. So can I actually know where I'm walking, can I actually recognize, am I actually in step with Jesus and actually receiving from him? How would I know that quality is inside my soul? It shows by the rest and the refreshment that I can recognize. If I'm not, Think about that. Have you guys ever thought about it? Okay, so when I stand before Jesus, why do I feel just overburdened by everything? Because I'm holding on to something that Jesus never told me that I should ever carry. Now, the good thing about it being a command and it being settled is he's actually saying he's so going to deal with this issue in my life and your life that if we learn to let him do the part that he can do, there's going to be a quality about your life, and it's intentional to show people this is what it's like when you relate to Jesus. This is the quality of life that people are longing for, and, and guys. If you hang out with the world like I do, and you go among the body of Christ, what's the main problem that most people are dealing with? They are so burdened and so overwhelmed with living in a fallen world that people are looking for rest, looking for refreshment. Let's keep moving on. I will give you rest. And it means to actually come into a place where I'm constantly refresh. Now, let's keep going on the passage. Take my yoke upon you. The word take here, uh, there are several ways that the word take is used in the original language. Sometimes it means, here's something, I grab it. This is an interesting. This is more of a Greek word that actually means it's like a backpack. You actually pick it up, put it upon yourself, and you learn to live with this constantly. So how many of you think, well, I'm supposed to run to Jesus, get rest until I get stressed out, and then I run back and I get it right? He's saying, no, the quality of the Christian life is you pick up this and you place it in your life and say, this is how I am now going to live, and you learn to live out of this as a lifestyle instead of just trying to find it periodically. So when he says, take my yoke upon you, he's actually saying, take it and let it rest on you and let this actually be the quality of the life that you live. Wouldn't it be great to actually be a person that's at rest with everything? Walking into situations and just going, yeah, this, I'm just, I've overcome this. Jesus has given me a quality of life no matter what I walk into. Because of what he's able to do by his presence being near to me, I don't have to be in fear of any of this. I can actually be at rest as I go through life. Now, I want you guys to think about this. How many of you were told that a responsible person stresses out on everything and develops ulcers. We even do this in the body of Christ. Somebody that's at peace with the Lord, we don't like that, so we say, well, you know, you need to get a burden for God, or that'll fade, right? You guys remember, you ever watch someone when they first meet the Lord, they're just kind of like way up here, and we all secretly look at each other and go, well, how long do you think that'll last? Wait until they really get into what life's all about once Jesus lifts that off them. Well, who ever said that was supposed to lift off of you? (laughs) Jesus didn't call you to be overwhelmed and burdened. And by the way, burdens are never to cause stress in your life. So there's an illegal thing we do in the kingdom, and we try to spiritualize it. If I'm stressed out, that shows I care, and I have the right burden. The burden of God never keeps you from being refreshed. And so if you're carrying what you think are spiritual burdens, Jesus never said you're supposed to have that on you, ever. Now, I understand that we're in a fallen world and things get to us, but if I have a burden from the Lord, it should have the quality of the nature of Jesus, and I should be able to carry it and give it to him and not carry it on myself and exhaust myself from it. And aren't you guys glad? He's not saying, hey, I have a plan for you to have rest. He's not even telling you how to do it. He's saying, really, I don't want you to try. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. I'm the one that can do this. Let's keep moving forward. Take my yoke upon you. Well, we're finally to the yoke. And it's good that we're actually this is the illustration because this is usually how it's illustrated a yoke. All right? So what's the when he says take my yoke upon you, it actually means to unite. A lot of times they use this as illustration. This is the illustration they use in the old Te- I'm sorry, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. But I'm going to kind of lift it above just the yoke for animals and just talk about how it's described. The word that's actually, it actually means to take the work of something and unite two elements of strength to it so that there's an ease that's brought to it. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying there's only something that I can carry that you're not to carry. And there are things that I'm carrying that I'm going to put on you. So. When we come and we walk with Jesus, what is his yoke? He's saying, all right, I just told you, everything that physically exhausts you, you're not to carry. Everything that stresses you out and overburdens you and causes fear in your life and the things that just wear you out, you're not to carry. If you will yoke yourself with me, I'll lift those off of you, and then I'm going to take all the things that are on me, and I'm going to lay them on you, and that's what you're to carry. And so the yoke isn't, well, I have to carry my part. No, Jesus is saying, no, this is the best part of it. All the stuff you're not supposed to carry, I'm going to carry. And all the stuff that's resting on me that you need to have in your life, I'm going to rest it on you if you stop holding on to this improperly. So let me carry it. This is the yoke. So when he says, take my yoke on you, look how he describes it. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. All right, so let's take this concept. Learn from me. There are several ways that we learn things in Scripture. This one is actually really fascinating because it's talking about a a real living dynamic. You have to actually learn this. You can't learn it by me telling you how I enter into this. This is what's called the fun part of experiential Christianity. So this is fascinating. Jesus says you have to start connecting to him, and what you do through that process is you learn what are called eternal keys that everyone can learn, and once you do it, you begin to access rest faster, refreshment quicker, and it becomes a normal part of your lifestyle because once you open that door, it's never taken away from you. So the word here where he says, learn from me, it actually means learning literally how Jesus has made this available to you, and then it comes out of experience, and once it's embedded in your soul, you never have to learn it again. It's an open door for you to step into anytime you want. Isn't that good to know? Because think of all the things in the kingdom we we as ministers come and talk to you guys about. Well, you need to do this to do this, and you need to do this to do this. Well, Jesus is saying, well, when it comes to this, for your life specifically, once you learn it, it's it's never going to be taken away from you. You can access it as much as you want. You can enjoy it as much as you want. It's an open door. It's eternal, and it's for everybody if they come to me. Come to me and learn from me. And now it even gets better. And then what are we going to learn about Jesus if we come to him? We already found that he doesn't want us carrying these things, but then he begins to describe it. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Let's take the word gentle. Gentle and meekness are the same Greek word in the New Testament. So remember the Beatitudes where Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth? When you guys first read that, how many of you thought what he meant is if you're a doormat and you let people take advantage of you, you'll inherit something? So if I'm really good at people abusing me and taking advantage of me and I can do it better than other people, I might win the lottery. (laughs) I inherit the earth. Okay. So what is biblical meekness or gentleness? Jesus said this is the quality of who he is. He's gentle or meek. Well, interesting enough, Here's what the word. When I looked at it, I thought, God, this is so powerful. It means exercising God's strength under control. That's gentleness. When I connect with Jesus, what is the quality of connecting with Jesus? He exerts His power inside of me, and if I if I'm walking in relationship with Him, I know how to release it into a situation so that refreshment comes into that. So when He says, "Learn from Me." I am gentle and low and humble in heart. He's saying, Learn from me, when you connect with me, you're going to learn that you can actually have my power come to you and you can release it into life, and then you gain your inheritance by doing that. Isn't that amazing? How do we gain our inheritance in the system of the world? We strive, we save, we we challenge, we, we try to tear down the next person, and Jesus is saying, No, do you actually want to understand the secret and the wisdom of the kingdom? If you come to me and you let my power work through you and you learn how to control it properly, it is going to come into every situation of your life and it's going to resolve it and you're going to be full of joy because of that experience. Now, Jesus is actually defining this and he's saying, you cannot come anywhere else. I'm the only one that can give this to you. Let me try that one more time. If you want your life, can you imagine what Jesus' is the problem here? If you want your life to actually be not just the inward working of the kingdom inside your soul, but the outworking of the kingdom in your circumstances, Jesus is saying this is how it works. It's not by being clever. It's not by trying to figure out how to manipulate the system better than anybody else. Remember, it's a declaration that Jesus has made, and he said, Now, I'm the only one that can do this. And he's actually, when he makes that statement, Come unto me, and it's a, what's called a, a courtroom statement. It's actually saying that if you try to do it any other way, it will not work for you. Only Jesus can do this. So if you want to see your outward life actually have the blessing of God on it, you have to come and hang out with Jesus, and he's going to release his power inside of you to change your outward life. Now, I actually think that's exciting, because a lot of the teaching in in the body of Christ is Jesus and... Right. Jesus in this good course and Jesus in that good thing and Jesus. But it's really Jesus is defining. He's saying, look, you guys are carrying stuff on you. I've never told you to carry. And if you'll learn to relate to me, it'll change everything in your life. And all these things you keep trying to manage, I'm going to solve them if you relate to me. Let's keep moving forward. What does he tell us? I'm gentle and humble in heart. Well, humility. What is humility? There's The way we describe humility is kind of funny. It's actually not biblical. Have you guys ever studied humility and the way we talk about it? It's kind of the way we talk about it. It's really weird. We believe that being humble is putting ourselves down. So Charles Wesley, one of his, one of his famous hymns that he wrote was, What a Worm I Am Before a Holy God. Well, I don't think we're worms. All right? Also, it's interesting, um, the word humility, if you look at it, it actually means you never look at another person that's created in the image of God and you compare yourself with them. That's not humility either. In fact, there are terms that are used for what's called empty or wrong ways of doing things. And vain, being vain in thinking actually is thinking you're humble. When you look at another person, you see the quality that God has given them, and then you put yourself down in the process thinking that's being humble. That is not being humble. So what is biblical humility, by the way? The lights actually work as a good illustration. So I look to Jesus, and when I look to Jesus, what happens is when I behold his glory, I see something in him that's not in me. And when I behold it, humility says, I see that. And what it does is it reaches for it and says, give me that. That's biblical humility. It's not seeing it in Jesus and going, oh, I can't ever be that. It's seeing it in Jesus, realizing that he's the source that only can give me that. And so once I see that in him, I go, "Give it to me. That's biblical humility. Wow, looking at that light, that blinded me trying to talk to you guys now. So now think about that. How many of you see something in Jesus and you say, well, that's just the quality of who he is. And so I could never be like that. But if you see that quality in him, he showed it to you not to cause you to be in despair, but to actually cry out for it. That's why you see it. That's why if you look at the kingdom of God, why it's based on revelation is you don't get all of this in one week. You get glimpses of his glory as he shows it to you. The reason he's showing it to you is he's trying to create a hunger in you. And true biblical humility says, I'm not satisfied unless I get to reflect that of who you are inside of me. Isn't that great? Okay, so get that. Look what he's saying. Here's what Jesus is saying. This is what I'm like. I learn to take the power of God, and I release it into my life so that the blessing of God is there, and everything I say in my Father that's not in me, I cry out for it until it becomes a part of me. That's what I'm like. When you hang out with him, that's what he makes you like. All of a sudden, uh, it's not wrong to long for things in the kingdom. It's kind of hard to say this because we live in a culture that's so satisfied in every area of life there's actually nothing wrong with having longings because longings show that Jesus is relating to you. And it's good to be desperate about something in the kingdom. Wouldn't you guys agree? I think it's kind of sad when we're, well, yeah, I don't need anything else from Jesus. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So does this sound good enough? We could actually stop right here and just go eat dinner, but it actually gets better, and let's keep going. Gosh, I am really having a hard time saying. I really shouldn't have looked at that light too long. Okay, um, all right. So he says, "I am gentle and humble in heart." And then he goes and he drives it home. You will find rest for your soul. Now, interesting. Again, back to the word refer, uh, "rest" for your soul. You will find rest. The word "find" here is interesting. Um, it's the word for a treasure hunt. Isn't that interesting? When I looked, I thought, "Isn't that clever?" Now, the nation of Israel would have known this when he was saying it to him, when he was talking to him about it. But it gets obscured in our language. So the Greek word here actually means Jesus would have said to him, look, come to me. Guys, come to me. All the stuff you're struggling, I'm the answer. I can do this for you. And all the stuff you think I can't get a breakthrough here, oh, I'm going to give it to you. And not only am I going to give it to you, I'm going to make it like something that you long for, and it becomes a treasure hunt for you, and it actually becomes the treasure that you want. You will find rest. Are you guys ready? You will find the thing that you're longing for. Jesus isn't going to dangle it out there. He's going to actually say, look, I'm giving, I'm giving examples to it and I'm releasing it to you so that you'll end up becoming hungry for the right thing and you'll go on a treasure hunt to obtain it. Remember I made that cute little statement, how many come to the Lord and they first find him and they're just like, ah, and we're like, well, you'll figure it out in a couple months. The burden of the Lord, it'll lift off you. Why does Jesus do that when you first meet him, if you experience that? Because he's dropping a coin of a treasure in your heart and he's saying, now, do you want this? Now see, I never perceive that stuff, so I think what Jesus does is he just watches me struggle and he drops coins in periodically of rest and go, isn't that nice? Now you don't get that until you get in eternity, but isn't that nice to experience it now? That's not what he's doing, he's saying, I drop that in you, I want you to feel that in you and say, I've gotta have that the rest of my life. And it's literally like finding the, where is that? Now, how many of you have been told that your life is actually the pursuit of Jesus is to find a quality of life that ends up making every other quality of life so unsatisfying that you have to live in this? And if you don't realize that's what Jesus is actually saying you're supposed to long for, what you're going to do is you're going to keep trying to look for a quality of things in the kingdom, and and you're going to end up being dissatisfied because you're not going to the right treasure. You will find rest for your soul. Well, back to the rest. You will find refreshing. Now, um, if any of you ever hear me talk, you're going to always hear me talk about renewal because it's the value of the kingdom. It's not meetings, it's the value of the kingdom. So how do I know I'm on the proper treasure hunt with Jesus? A quality is starting to develop inside of me where I'm being refreshed constantly by Jesus. Refreshings aren't meetings we go to every 12 years because God's saying I'm completely burned out. It's the quality of the kingdom of God. And so when I walk with him, if I know I'm on the proper treasure hunt with him, I'm starting to find what I call literally deep caverns of refreshing, and they're going deeper all the time, and they're beginning to satisfy me at an intense level. And then all of a sudden, my soul comes into proper alignment with the kingdom, and I realize something. This is where I'm to be giving my attention with my walk with Jesus because if I can plummet the depth of refreshing with him, I will grow in revelation to hear from him. If I plummet the depth of getting refreshed from him, I'll understand what he's doing as he's moving on the planet. Your goal is to go on a treasure hunt to find that depth Not worry about all this, and as you find it, he'll make himself known to you in these ways. Uh, I don't know, does this sound good up to this point? Let's keep going on. And then how he describes it here. You will find rest for your soul. Now, that could be just translated, just your inner man. But it's interesting, the word here that's being used for this, look at what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying, now... The translation for the word soul can mean the seat of everything. So you have what's called the core inside of you, right? That's the part of you that needs to have renewal touching it all the time. Not just rest for your emotions, but the core of who you are that your emotions come out of. That's where Jesus wants to meet you. Do you remember in the passage in the New Testament where Jesus said, hey, if you believe me, what will happen inside of you is rivers of living water will come out of you. And if you looked at that, you know, how do I find that river? Right? Uh, if you study that whole thing about that will flow out of you rivers of living water, or it'll bubble up to eternal life, you, know, you guys live here in Colorado. You go up into the mountains and you find this um, lake up in the mountains, well, does that lake just sit there and doesn't do anything except saying that? No, it seeps through rocks and, and gravel, and it goes through the earth to a place where at a lower elevation, after it's gone through all the rocks, all the dirt, and all that stuff, it comes out at a lower, and it's cleaner water, and it's refreshing. So Jesus is now saying, look, sitting up in heaven... Is a reservoir of refreshment for you, and if you'll actually tap into Jesus, he's the filter that it goes through, and as it goes through him, it comes up into you, and it's deeper, it's more satisfying, and it's more refreshing than anything you can look on the earth and get from. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you. I think it is too. It is good. So let's keep moving on in the passage. So he's saying, the seat of your feelings, the seat of your desires, the seat of your affections, the seat of what you think about, God wants to cause a refreshing to come over that all the time, a a constant renewing of his presence. Isn't this great? There's not five steps. It's Jesus. I come to him. He gives me this. Let's move on. Now, Really, you can almost stop there, but he doesn't. Now he's going to reaffirm it and go a different direction. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I used to think when I read this, he was just trying to cap off a really cool statement. Hey, just so you understand my yoke, doesn't that look impressive? It's easy and light. And that's, it's Actually, when I was looking at the words, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's actually adding to it. So think about this. What we've done is we've kind of looked at how Jesus describes how the kingdom of God works in relation to him. When you come to him, all the things that you are not supposed to carry, he lifts off you. And then he starts adding to you because you're with him. And you can't get this unless you're with him. All of a sudden, his strength starts moving through you into your daily circumstances, and it changes everything. And then it moves through your life to where you begin to see him. I'm not going to let that light again. You begin to see him, and all of a sudden when you see him, things that you could not comprehend, he shines it in your soul, and all of a sudden you go, I've got to have that. And then as that begins to take place, what happens is, is a constant refreshing starts coming out of that dynamic that you have to find. It's like a treasure. And then he finishes up and he says, now my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This word for easy, when I, you guys, when I was going through the passage, I'm looking up every Greek word, I mean just even the simple ones, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I, why didn't I look up these Greek words before? I mean, they're just powerful in meaning, what Jesus is trying to say. So when he says, my yoke... Is easy. The word for easy is interesting <laughs> in the original language. Um, people that translate out of the Greek into the English translation said this is actually one of the hardest Greek words to translate, because to get the definition you have to read a dictionary of words. Right, there's so much in this word easy, my yoke is easy, that they had a hard time translating it. So they just decided, okay, I mean, we'd have to write out a commentary on what this word means so anyone understands. understand it. So the only way we can probably figure out what it is, let's just put the word easy on it. So I'm reading all the meanings of this word and how they got to it, so I'm going to do my best trying to get to it. So you guys ready? When he says, my yoke is easy, it's the fullness of God's kindness and the fullness of how God expresses his goodness that is released in a situation that caused total satisfaction for humanity. So how do you translate that? My yoke is the expression of my total kindness and my total expression of goodness that will satisfy you. That's why it's easy. (laughs) That was easy. So the yoke seems like an oppressive thing. Jesus saying, well, hanging out with me is none of those things. The longing that is in your heart. Jesus is saying, if you would just come to me, I'm going to take a depth of kindness and goodness that cannot be experienced in any other way, and I'm going to release it inside of you as you're walking with me, and and that's going to become something that fuels you, and it's a quality of life that you cannot enter into unless you know me, but that quality of life is so satisfying that it actually makes all humanity long for it. Whoever thought that... Letting Jesus just relate to me and me walking with him was going to make humanity thirsty to find a Savior. That's exactly what he's describing here. It is so good to know Jesus that it causes a longing for anybody that gets around you because of this quality of life they just release releasing inside of you. And we're not even done, we still have some more to go. It says, My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, what does that mean? Burden is light. Okay, so this is, when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, man, look at what he's saying here. Talk about, this is like a whole other teaching. I could have just taken these two and just done a whole entire teaching on it. It's fullness of goodness. It's fullness expression of the kindness of the Lord. And then he says, and it's light. So it actually means to make a quality in your soul that actually you live out of that changes how you make decisions. It actually means a, a quickening or a lifting so that creativity can come. When Jesus comes and he lifts off of you the things that you're not supposed to carry, you what's the quality of how your soul is? Your soul is actually light. You guys ever had that every once in a while? Your soul is actually light? And all of a sudden, you're actually able to make positive, creative decisions about something instead of trying to always out, figure out problems all the time? He's saying that's... That's the quality of life that I actually want to give humanity is that there's a quickness in their soul where they can make decisions, they can do creative things, and they're, they're full of life as they're living. About a decade ago, I'm up in, up in Sparta, Wisconsin, and I'm going to go do a series of meetings, and it, it was just a lot of traveling, I was worn out, and I'm kind of, hey, Lord, give me some words of knowledge for the meeting, that kind of stuff, and the Lord starts having this conversation with me. Brian. You have violated the Sabbath for the last 10 years of your life. I actually thought, that's not the Lord. (laughs) I'm not a Sabbath keeper. I don't know what he's talking about. And the Lord just started telling me, you have so burned yourself out that you're going to have to learn this principle again. Now, guys, it's easy to teach it, isn't it? It's hard to walk it. Now, I'm actually going, well, how did I get to that? And so the Lord's explaining to me, you keep taking burdens on you thinking that's what I've asked you to do. I didn't ask you to do that. You're carrying things illegally before me where you think that's what it means to be a mature Christian. That's not what it is. I didn't ask you to carry the weight of the world. That's my job. Your job is to hang out with me. <laughs> and I'm, and you guys ready? As we're going through this process, I'm telling the Lord, well, I don't remember this information being communicated to me anywhere. <laughs> guys, do you feel the, seriously, even as a body of Christ, do you feel that weight? Where we try to take our burdens and put them on each other? Or we try to just put burdens on each other all the time, and Jesus never told you to, do you guys get it? Anything that you're going to carry, you're going to carry it as a lifestyle of satisfaction in Jesus, not overwhelmed, being overwhelmed all the time. And if something is overwhelming you, the Lord is pointing to you, that's illegal. I don't want that in you. I didn't create you to actually even carry that thing. And this is funny. You're not responsible by getting ulcers in the kingdom of God. The quality of life of a believer and what he says you should be longing for is someone that is full of joy and at ease in life. You should be able to move in and out of every situation. Oh, this, look at this. Here comes the renewal of the Lord. The quality of life. Now Jesus is saying, the quality of life that you're longing for, would you come to me? Let's pray. You, you really are it, Lord. We, as brothers and sisters, come to you. Now, come. Bring your presence. Anywhere, Lord, where we keep trying to put yokes upon ourselves that you didn't tell us to carry, would you seriously break the power of that right now? Stop letting that be honest, Lord. Whether it's about impressing people or impressing our parents or whatever standard we're carrying that's not based in you, would you break the power of that over our lives? Would you begin to let the strength of your renewal touch our souls and begin to give us life again? The people in here that are committed to you but have become weary because they've served out of the wrong dynamic, would you break them free from that and give them renewal? And, Lord, we see this quality, but we get confused by us. teach us your ways. Teach us you. I command the blessing of rest upon you right now. Strengthen them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. What's your name? Jay, could you stand just for a sec? All right. Put your hands out like it's Christmas. There we go. Thank you. Okay, Holy Spirit, bring your power and your presence to Jay. So, Jay. A couple things that the Lord um, is doing in your life that he wanted me to encourage you with. You have a teaching anointing on your life, and I actually saw him working on you to, I actually saw you looking at a young lady specifically, and I actually saw the Lord saying he's going to open your eyes to begin to do mentoring with people, and that his goodness is actually resting on you. And you you specifically, the Lord is going to strengthen you in the season that's coming up in your life, and he wants you to be receptive. So can we pray a blessing over you about that? Okay, so Holy Spirit, come right now. Let's bring your power and your presence to your daughter. Cause this, this river, we talked about it, Lord, let the river of this, the grace that you're wanting to release, just release it over her right now. Refresh her with it, Lord. Yeah. And this, this ability to turn her eyes, to gaze upon the things that you're doing with her destiny, just quicken that, Lord, Waken it with your goodness and your presence. Um, You're a woman of grace. You also carry a lot of authority. And so when you speak, people actually listen to you. And so God is going to open more doors of favor to you. And so, Lord, I just bless that. I thank you for the good things that you're going to do in her life. And I command the blessing of the Father upon her right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen.